So welcome to the next episode of the Cisco Technology Podcast. And uh, today I'm joined by uh, one of our regular contributors. It's Mark Jackson. Hello. And we're also joined today by a new contributor. It's uh, Ollie Wong. Hello. So today um, we're going to be talking about something that has been quite interesting from a network's perspective and how we can enhance network security. And that's something called network as a sensor. Now that, I'll I'll apologise now, that does sound like a marketing name and something that I would generally pick myself up for. Um, Or Mark would do as well. (laughs) But uh, it's what it's called. So it's the brand name that we've got it. But I wanted to really get under the hood of what it is, how we can actually enhance customer networks. What is it itself? How does it work? And that's why I brought um, Ollie in today, who's our resident expert on this technology, one of the SEs in our community. And um, also wanted to call out, if you want to contact the podcast, you can uh, contact us by, the, by Twitter at, at Justin Woolen, or you can email at uh, justin.woolen at cisco.com. And as usual, it's two O's and one L. So let's kick things off. So what, what's sort of driving the need for sort of more enhanced security and, and maybe, I mean, I think everyone knows, well, not everyone, I'm assuming everyone knows about security, but we look, I mean, we've got firewalls, we've got intrusion protection, intrusion detect, all that sort of stuff that we, that someone is a bit of a security layman doesn't really know a lot about. But the one thing we, we when I've talked about network security before, it's, it's always been more around sort of, I know, DHCP snooping or, or things like that and it's or maybe we'll do a better dot one x and that's mm-hmm. as, about as exciting as the network gets but what's driving people or what's the thing you think is driving the industry to be a bit more focused on network security i think one of the things that is that is driving all this is just the uh, the digital transformation that we see um, across industries you know every single uh, customer segment out there is looking at uh, using digital technologies to trans- transform their business. Um, there are lots of industries getting radically uh, disrupted, and uh, one of the uh, one of the, uh, the the key facets around this is just simply that organisations are having to move much quicker than they ever were before. Yeah. Their their uh, application infrastructure and indeed their their network infrastructure is now um, changing uh, very very rapidly, and it's very very hard. Uh, to keep a, a, a rigid security policy um, in place when you're having to open up information and assets to the public, to third parties, to suppliers, to an ecosystem. Um, our uh, networks now are much more open than they've ever been before. That sounds... That's from, from You mean, Mark, you mean you are our resident <laughs> security guru. Uh, I know, obviously, with a major government background, yeah. but you mean that... Sounds scary, doesn't it? Well, it, it is and it isn't. I mean, the uh, I think I think we have to kind of ground it in some sense of reality, and that is that whilst the, the, the term digital transformation, some of the things that surround that, I think, are new. The concept of the deperimeterization of networks, um, well, which, which is a buzzword, is, I know. It, no, it's, I'm trying to think: is that a real word? It is. A, it is a real <laughs> word. It's possibly an American word, but I'm going to use it anyway. And, and by that, I mean the the. You know, if you look way back when in terms of network security, it was always about the perimeter. It was the mm. it was the hardcore. I can put two or three firewalls on my perimeter, and I'm good to go. And actually, for a long time, that's not really been the case. Security's, you know, that that model has been failing us for a long time. But people haven't really transitioned from that mentality and that mindset of I've got to put my barriers in and then I'm done yeah. to something more. And partly because the tooling wasn't there, um, you know, th- there wasn't some of the facilities there to do it. But also the mindset. What do you mean by facilities? You mean 
Well, as, as in the capabilities to do more than that, or, or the capabilities as in, to manage you had, it. You had basically, yeah. you got firewalls, and that's what they did, and yeah. everyone set their rules up on the firewall. Yeah. And, and, and Cisco acknowledged this you know, six or seven years ago when we had borderless networks. Absolutely, exactly. That it, was, it was very much a, you know, networks now have no borders, yep. or, or the border extends to everywhere and, and, and everywhere. Yeah. Was it the, I think when it was in that team, it was, it was the, I used to call it the martini, the slide that we used to present, wasn't it? It was any time, any place, anywhere, isn't it? Absolutely, and, that, and that's where customers are trying to get to, and I think... We've probably gone one step further than that now with the, this kind of world of digital because there's, you know, you know, you look at the sort of application development market and all the different uh, application vendors that are spinning up new apps on a daily, weekly, hourly basis. You know, a lot of those organizations are going to need access to those app vendors to go and do that sort of work. So that yeah. perimeter is completely dissolved. Anybody who believes they've still got a perimeter, I think, is, is kind of stuck in the dark ages. So, is, 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 so does that mean the perimeter's gone? Because I, I always tend to think of security, network security or IT security, as, as like your house or like your your office. And you mean at Cisco we have badges and we have a, 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 we get to the, the front door. We ca- we can't get in until you show your badge. And when you're going around the building, you're continually showing your badge. So there is some sort of level of security. There is some sort of perimeter, but it's. It's not it's, the only thing that's there, no. but it's. So, do we still need that? Do we need a perimeter? It's, it's not that it's gone. It's the fact now that the perimeter is pretty much everywhere. Yeah. You, you you draw a logical line. You know, they, they go. You, you can go no further. Line. Yeah. I. You can't access this. And the fact that that now exists on every single device, yeah. every single point in the network, means that our perimeter surface area is gigantic. Yeah. Oh crikey! Yeah. So all right. Okay. Yeah. So um, mo- I think mobile I'm, I'm, laptops, I'm, I'm, mobile smart yeah. devices. My network perimeter is now in Starbucks. My network and other coffee shops are available. Are available. By the way. Um, <laughs> He's learned. I'm learning. I'm learning. Um, we are the BBC. Um, other other, other networks are um, But the point is, is that that perimeter is everywhere. It's in the data center. It's in the cloud. Yeah. It's in the mobile end. So wherever I'm working, my perimeter is there. So I could, yeah. like you say, like I could be working from a coffee shop. I could be working from the office here. I could be working yeah. from home. Absolutely. My perimeter is that. So your yeah. perimeter is like your bubble where you are as a worker. Yeah. Yeah. As an individual. Yeah. And those devices that you have is, is with you at that time are all part of that perimeter. And they all yeah. need to have security designed specifically for the needs and yep. what they're doing and what information they're accessing mm-hmm. the, the, the your back end information system need to know where you are yeah. so okay so I, I sort of get so am I in a yeah. coffee shop am I working from home am I in an yeah. office am I in a third party location mm-hmm. these are all things that I that, that, that your IT infrastructure needs to know to be able to enforce that right yeah. level of policy and the bad guys know this as well right oh yeah yeah the, I mean the, the, the bad guys have, have now got uh, an untold wealth of opportunity to go after yeah. because because the, the the perimeter now is everywhere, and and importantly they are effectively using your network infrastructure for their own purposes, so they can conduct reconnaissance on your network. Uh, once they have compromised an endpoint, they're able to move laterally on the network. If they want to exfiltrate information from your network, what does that mean? Exfiltrate? Come on now, we don't have to use big words. Steal. Just You're going to stick stuff off Just your for you. Yeah. Just for me. Yeah. I am the layman in the room from a security perspective. So, so if I if I want to steal information, be it a database or a media file or or CAD drawings or whatever, then I use the network infrastructure that's already there to transport that data off. Yeah. So I could be. You know, I know, I might have these moments and I just get scared. If you think about it too hard, my head might fall off. I don't know. It's just because it could, because there's so many things you need to think about, isn't it? And even. From us in this room now, you can sort of see that. You mean why? 
security is quite a challenge for customers, isn't it? And they're like, I have to think of all these things to be really secure. And if I and, and the old saying of there's only two types of customers: those who knows have been breached, and those who those right. who don't. Yeah. So you know you're going to be breached. It's how do you deal with it? And, 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 and visi- you know, visibility is the before, during, and after of yeah. how do I set policy before? How do I know people are coming up? How do I check people coming onto my yeah. network? Why do I spot an attack while I'm on the mm-hmm. network? Mm-hmm. And then what do I do after I've discovered that there's been an attack on my network? Yeah. And I think, it, I think it also plays to a shifting mindset that I've seen in kind of conferences I've attended and papers I've read that, that for a long time, we've in security, we've really focused on defend. You know, we've focused yeah. on we must block that attack and and the mindset from senior management down has always been about oh my goodness something bad's happened how do I stop that happening to yeah. me and the reality is is that actually it's really hard to stop everything you know, it's, it's impossible to stop well, everything yeah, okay okay but, yeah, <laughs> but I think you're right and that's that's kind of the, the mindset shift as well which is I can no longer in today's environments guarantee that I can block all the bad stuff. It's just so not going to happen. Is this down to the, what we talked about early on about you mean our, our, our three-legged stool of, of um, three-legged donkey, three-legged donkey? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. The, the, I still yeah. Mm. There's a theme running the, through. There is yeah. We'll see if we get into a third podcast of uh, people, process, and no, uh, what was it? Technology. Yeah, technology. Yeah. So that. So if you put those principles in place, you'll just make yourself less vulnerable or more protected. Because if you can never protect yourself perfectly, yeah. hmm. then it's about... I mean, I just think about my house and where I live. I just go, as long as my house looks less attractive hmm. than somebody else's when a, when a dodgy person comes into my street, hmm. then I, that's my level of security that I've achieved what I've needed to achieve. Yeah, the, the mind, I, I completely agree. So that, that, that's the classic triad in, in security. The, the, the mindset shift that's also got to happen is, is one from... I'm not going to be able to protect myself from everything. So what do I do if bad stuff does happen? How, mm-hmm. how do I put things in place to be able to know as quick as possible? And, and uh, there's, a t- there's a term that's been used inside Cisco, which is kind of the mean time to know. MTTK, I think, oh, is the... Yeah, the yeah. It's, it's, it's like a, you said, mean time to know first and then went into the app. Yeah, yeah, mean time to know. So it's the, the point is, how quickly in the event of something bad happening can I, can I be aware of that bad thing happening? Because at so the moment... It's not good news. And, and, and meantime, to know in the in the industry right now, for people who have been breached, mm-hmm. is measured in weeks, sometimes months. Absolutely. And that that's a massive problem. If 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 the bad guys are in and they're able to do bad stuff in the space of hours or days, um, the fact that you don't know about weeks. it for for yeah for for, for, for months. Oh, or and, and, and that's been in the news hugely, isn't it? And and, and I, I won't name any names, but it, it has been in where databases have been. Yeah. Removed. And, and, there, and there are occasions whereby people have been breached and they didn't even know about it until law enforcement came. Yeah. You know, it's an external yeah. third party notifying. Knocking in I on your door, going, by the way, yeah. Or a customer. Or, or indeed, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, is even worse. Yeah, oh yeah. gosh. Okay, so um, I think we've got a, a real good understanding that about where we are with digital security today and how digital transformation and how the, the, the attack surface and your meet time to know are very important. So... Let's get that. I guess get, I'm saying not back on topic because we have been on topic, but down to this network as a centre. So, what, what is it? You mean what is what is this acronym of, of where we call it, and network as a centre? What is this thing that, it, that security architectures have have um, evolved over time, and we place in a, a, a large number of control points or appliances or clever boxes to do certain things at certain points in the network be that firewalls at the perimeter, web proxies for, for internet usage, email, email gateways, um, 
intrusion prevention systems, you name it. You know, there are specific boxes and places that we apply a, a, a level of, of inspection and control. Where we don't place a lot of emphasis, certainly not in terms of providing some visibility of what's going on, is the network infrastructure itself, mm-hmm. be that within the campus or within the data center. And it's a, it's a fact that if, if there is an adversary on the network and they've passed all of these control points on the way through, so your IPS box hasn't raised an alarm, your firewall has allowed that packet through based on policy, you know, that person is now on the inside of the network and they're able to do stuff uninhibited because you have no visibility within the network. So basically, I've, if I get back to my house analogy, they've seen my house, they fancy my house, they've broken into my house... And I'm in bed sleeping upstairs, and I don't know anybody's in there. They are rifling through your drawers. They are going through my drawers and actually finding not a lot at all, a lot of junk. But but that's what it is. So they're in, in, and they're they're happily, because you've got past all those rules, all those devices that are supposed to be preventing them on to get onto the network, which what you're saying could happen, they're in, and 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 we have no visibility of what they're doing once they're in. They've got free reign. That, that's kind of the point. And, and in a way, we've engineered networks that way because, you know, actually to engineer them with lots and lots of, mic- you know, lots of segmentation, people tend to run into problems with that in terms of the maintenance and management and overhead. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, we will talk more about how you can improve that in a future podcast. Sorry, you know, yeah. flagging the future podcast for Network as an Enforcer. Yes. So that will we'll be a yeah, follow-on to this, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, so we, 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 I've, I've got it now. You're in. You're on the network, and they go around. There's no way of doing it. So that's where network as a sensor comes in. So what is it? What is this network as a sensor then? Network as a sensor is whereby we use uh, technology that's embedded in Cisco uh, enterprise networking products, so our switching products, uh, routers, uh, wireless LAN, uh, firewalls, and the particular uh, bit that we're that we're looking for, the particular um, uh, tool that we use to provide this enhanced visibility, um, is NetFlow. Okay, so that leads to another question. What is NetFlow? So I don't know whether you want to finish talking about what Network as a Sensor is and then talk about NetFlow. Okay, well, I'll finish talking about net, Network as a, as a Sensor first. Yeah. What, we, what we do then is we, is we collect and aggregate all of this NetFlow information from the network, and it provides us with a complete picture of yeah. all of the network traffic, all of the host-to-host communication that's going on inside of the network. It then becomes very easy to, um, first of all, understand what normal looks like and second of all once you know what normal looks like you can easily spot abnormal bag behavior or things that are malicious based on based on network behavior. So, so what kind of behaviors would you would would do you think it would be spotting? So for example if, if someone was uh, initiating wide-scale downloads of, of files or, or information to essential or any point on the network that could be indicative of, a, of an attacker who was hoarding information um, on, a, on a single host within the network, ready to to exfiltrate or steal, yeah. if you like. So that would be someone's like got on to, hacked onto your network. Mm-hmm. They're pulling information. They're storing yep. it on a device on the network already, and then yep. they're just getting ready to get that out. So you would see that both from a the data flowing mm-hmm. yep. all to this device, and and the thing that for me is what's normal look like. If that doesn't look normal, if there's no reason at all. For that device to have information flowing to it, mm-hmm. that would be picked up by yeah. this network as a sensor yeah. technology. So, so there, there's there's a couple of things that that, that we can do to, to really bring that into sharp relief. First of all, is that any group of endpoints with on 
that are on the network, um, we compare them to, to, to their peers. So we create groups on the network and we compare the behavior of endpoints against their peers. You can immediately spot, you know, if you've got 10 people working in a department all doing the same sort of day-in, day-out job, there, there will be some slight variance in their, in their network traffic, but, mm-hmm. but not a huge amount. If one of those endpoints all of a sudden starts doing something dramatically out of the ordinary, such as, you know, hoarding gigabytes and gigabytes of data, then that's very, very easy to spot. There are also other network behaviors or places in the network where just by nature of the, of the network communication, mm-hmm. suspicious things are going on. If a printer in your print VLAN all of a sudden starts ping sweeping or, mm-hmm. or, 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 or even you know, downloading additional information, you know, that, a, a printer should not be doing that. You'd have a very strong suspicion that that, that that endpoint was compromised, something bad was happening, and that can be just picked up through network behavior. Wow. So it is a it's a it's, it's sort of a behavior behavior monitor. analytics behavior, behavior analytics, analytics because yeah. I, you know I think I think for me the the power in a lot of this is that you know people just haven't looked at this sort of data in the past and and instead rely have historically relied quite heavily on signature based protection mechanisms yeah. so antivirus IPS but that's all post though isn't it as in something's happened and it goes for signature yeah so what I know about what the new one absolutely and and that to me is the real power of using netflow and using this kind of behavior analytics because it's not about saying it's not about you or somebody else deciding what good looks like it's about allowing the environment to baseline itself to figure out what normal looks like and then look for deviations from that baseline, as well as then looking for those very obvious patterns, like the printer doing a ping sweep across your server VLAN, or uh, an MRI scanner making outbound connections to China or or another country that just it just shouldn't do. Those things shouldn't happen, but if you haven't got the visibility, how do you know they're happening? Okay, great. So where does all this information go to then? So you mean all this NetFlow data, you mean it's just flying around the network, so where does it go to and what does all this analysis? It's, it's worth, first of all, talking about exactly what NetFlow is. Oh, well, okay, there you bring me back to my... Uh, okay. some, some, of, uh, some of our listeners might, might not be, be familiar with NetFlow. Uh, NetFlow is a tool that's used um, to, for... It, it provides statistical information about, about network traffic. Mm-hmm. So a, a, a NetFlow record would include information such as the source and destination IP address, how many packets were sent, what time... Uh, the flow started, what time did it end, um, how big were the packets, how much was the total uh, uh, data transfer. Um, there are some other bits of information that can be included in a, in a, in a flow record also, but predominantly that, those, are, those are the important bits. Think of it or liken it to an itemised telephone record. You, right, okay. you now have a, a record of every single communication that has gone on within your So network. not actually what was in the phone It's not the call. content. It's not the content no. of the phone call, it's the, when it started, who did yeah. you phone, how long you're on for, how much information was sent, mm-hmm. yeah. and then... That's, yeah, that, that's yeah. it. It's, that's it's the is, basics, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's metadata about that, that conversation. Yeah. It's information about it rather yeah. than what that, that conversation was. So you got a... Um, when we were preparing for this, you had a nice analogy about how... When somebody was, was introducing you to Network as a Sensor and how you could... How, how the, the guy in his house when he said Look, this is how this is, this is the yeah. telephone records thing. Yeah, there, there was. Um, uh, it's actually a, a chap called David Salter, who's the uh, chief technology officer of Lancope. Uh, David has got, I think, about five or six children, all in their all in their teenage years, and they all now um, they all now have mobile phones. 
and uh, he's got all those mobile phones under a single contract. So at the end of every single month, he gets a consolidated bill of all of these phones, and he gets the bill and he reads through, he reads the amount of it, checks to make sure that's not astronomical, um, and then you know, just out of curiosity, sometimes he'll go through and check the itemised yeah. phone records um, of, of, of his children, and he's got a uh, he's got a seventeen year old son, and and one month he was he was reading through this itemised phone record and he saw you know sort of two or three pages of phone calls and texts to a single number then all of a sudden those those records stopped there was a period of about 3 days in the month when there were there were no calls there were no text messages and then 3 days later there was all of a sudden same level of activity you know 7 o'clock in the evening phone calls text messages into the wee small hours of the night to a brand new number and so we looked at this, you know, all he's got is the itemised phone bill, when these calls were placed, what they were all about. Um, but he decided to take that phone record, walked up to his, uh, his son's bedroom door, knocked on the door, and he just asked him a very simple question. And that was, have you got a new girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just based on, just based on the, the activity... You know, he of, didn't, of record. He, didn't need to, he didn't need to listen into the calls. No. He didn't need to hear a single word of it. Just by looking at what what the record of those what, yeah. what the record of those phone calls uh, said, he was able to deduce exactly what, yeah. what had happened. Okay, great. Yeah. So, it, I mean, that's the same principle what NetFlow is then. So, um, what? So, what? Can every single device on the network do it? You mean, is it? Well, can all can all our switches do it, or is it just some of them, or? Uh, this is this is this is one of the the real differentiators for for Cisco because in in an ideal world, if if you're going to start using NetFlow for security purposes, you want to have a complete record of every single yeah. every single conversation. You know, it's it's no good just seeing half of the picture or well, some of the picture, some yeah, of the yeah. picture because because inevitably there'll be some things that you miss, and not not all NetFlow is is created equal. Right. Okay. So there are NetFlow is one of um, probably a dozen or more different types of, of flow data. Um, it's not specific to Cisco. Yeah, there are other other networking vendors who who have their own flavour of, of of this yeah. of this flow record. The vast majority of these um, operate um, as, as as sample data. Yeah. So they will send statistics on one in a hundred packets or one in a hundred and twenty packets. So you're only seeing in effect. You know, yeah, because because we do that as well on our, on our low end switching on low end switches, but on our Catalyst two K switches, they they do. NetFlow, but it's one in every eight or up to one yeah, in every yeah. which is which is which is fine if you're using because that's the other side for NetFlow. When you when you actually go back into the reach of the time and see where NetFlow's origins were, NetFlow was never really designed as a uh, security tool. It was designed yeah. as an accounting tool. Yep. So oh, is it? Yeah. So that's really where the origins came. Well, actually, it was a switching methodology uh, in in very early iOS, but that's really going back for some years. Uh, but but really, it's 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 kind of hard, and it's uh, you know its foundation is in that accounting. Yeah. So it's it was for service provided billing in 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 you know in the good old days when they bill per packet or for or for performance monitoring stealing yeah. which which sampled netflow is perfect for because we don't you know we need to get trends for performance monitoring so um, if you're using netflow for that kind of use case then sampled netflow is fine or sampled yeah. flow whether it's ours or, or a another vendor's version yeah. when it's security that one single flow that you miss could, could be, be the, the attack yeah. um, 
So, um, and, and we've we've supported full full NetFlow on Cisco products for for a very long time. Uh, Catalyst sixty five hundred switches, Catalyst forty five hundred switches. You know, th- these have these have had full NetFlow export capabilities yeah. for a very long and, time. And three K switches as well, haven't they? Yeah. Well, well. This, this is now why network as a sensor becomes, uh, in, in my view, an awful lot more viable for, for more organizations because in, in the past you could do this stuff if you had Catalyst 6500s everywhere, which is fine if you're a bank, financial services, <laughs> big government, but the reality is that the majority of enterprise, commercial, public sector networks are not built end-to-end on Catalyst 6500s. As I, much I, as we'd like to. As much as we'd like to. And despite our best efforts. Um, <laughs> So when we, when we brought out the Catalyst 3815, 3650 switches about yeah. two years ago now, um, they were the first kind of enterprise access layer class devices. Did the 3750X? Support, they, as well. they did. The module. Uh, indeed. Yeah. Uh, what, what, they, what they did was they, they supported full uh, NetFlow export on the 10 gig uplink module. So ah. you would get visibility of all of the uplink traffic, but then you wouldn't necessarily get visibility of port-to-port traffic yeah. on the switch ah, itself. So that's where the 3850 and the 3650 Correct. will give you from that port. I know yeah. that packet came from that port, yeah. or this flow or came from that two. port. Absolutely, whatever. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. and okay. and and you know that that's just that's just one example of the sort of hardware innovation that, that mm-hmm. the Cisco have done. If you look at the latest generation routers, you know, the RSR4K routers, um, those now are performance optimised. In, in the past, you turn NetFlow on yeah. a router and performance would go yeah, right That would be my question, is if you turn on NetFlow, will your no. performance and your, your switch start to... It's all done this in is, hardware. This is now all, all, all done in hardware. There is... Um, negligible performance impacts okay. uh, for any and of is, this. Is there a cost to turn it on? No. No, so um, uh, but yeah, so I think you I mean that's a really good question because yeah. do we license and yeah, and yeah, and, 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 yeah. So yeah. it's it's in the sort of the IP IP, IP base, IP base, base and IP services. If you've mm-hmm. got those versions of software mm-hmm. running on your cap thirty eight fifties or thirty six fifties, does that include sort of when we're talking at the sixty sixty five hundred range? Yeah, right? include included so from you, so IP yeah, base upwards. Yeah, uh, IP base upwards. Yeah. You can turn this on. Yeah. So, so the point is, most customers you? will have their if they've got those products in place today. The point is, is that turning this stuff on is free, as free as it gets. Indeed. For Cisco, for yeah. Cisco, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's free. So that's great because we can say to a customer, you mean you've got a, a, a thirty eight fifties or thirty six fifty LAN, your IP base. Turn on NetFlow, but that's great. But what's it going to? So what's going to collect all this information? It's great, isn't it? You mean I've got all these phone records? Do I need to send it to to David, and he's going to go look through it for us? Not sure he'd be too happy with that. Yeah, <laughs> no, it might might take a little while. So, so what you need is a is a is a collection and analysis tool, and this is where Lancope Stealthwatch comes in. Yeah, and we've just and. They are now part of the Cisco family. Now, they are indeed, yeah. yeah. So, so we've we've had a we've had a, a technology alliance and an OEM relationship with Lancope for I think four Long or time, five yeah, yeah, yeah four or five years. Um, both 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 Cisco and Lancope are heavily bought into the idea that that NetFlow Analytics is a is a fabulous security tool. As are all of us sitting around the table here. Um, so we've had this 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 technology alliance for a long time, and, and now it's been formalised by Cisco yeah. acquiring Lancope outright. So so. Again, it's not. You mean I have a great network. You might have a, a, and that's the big difference for us, though, isn't it? From a from a, my perspective as as a, as a switching or a, or a networking guy, is that it's the thirty eight fifty and the thirty six fifty because we've optimized those boxes specifically to do this in hardware. Yeah. 
uh, that's why Network as a Centre is now becoming more of, of something that we were talking about because the, the, the network is capable of really doing this well. And so, so if, I mean, how did, if a customer's interest is going, right, well, I've got a network that can do the new NetFlow, I really want to enhance the security of my network, how to, is there ways that they can get on to getting their hands on, on, on this Stealth Watch? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's possible to get you know, temporary or trial licenses to run a proof of concept on this. Um, Setting up setting up Lanco Stealth Watch on virtual machines is is very very easy. You point you know, NetFlow records, you configure yeah. NetFlow on your switches, um, export that flow information to the Stealth Watch collector, and then start seeing what visibility you get. So run, running a proof of concept is is relatively straightforward. I wouldn't yeah. say it's as easy as just nothing's ever no, easy. No, 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 not in IT. <laughs> but 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 certainly you know if if you've got the capability of standing up a handful of virtual machines. Yeah. Little bit of switch yeah. configuration, then then you can start to see what what Lancope okay. Stealthwatch can yeah. do. And actually, I mean, I, I remember speaking again to one of the Lancope engineers who had gone on a proof of concept, I think, with a customer, and then was asked to present the results of that proof of concept back to the management team, and I think started talking about outbound traffic via a proxy to the internet, and and, and the management team were adamant that all outbound internet traffic went via this proxy, and. Unfortunately, the NetFlow records didn't quite agree with that uh, and were able to very easily spot that some of the outbound internet traffic was, was bypassing the proxy. And what it turned out to be was that I think I, some of the folks in IT were hard configuring or misconfiguring on purpose some of their machines to bypass the proxy altogether. Oh, so they could get straight out to the internet. So they could get straight out to the internet unfiltered. Oh. And, and, and that's the, you know, the very immediate return that some customers can find from just simply building that visibility. And it doesn't always have to be a security outcome. I think that's what the Lanco guys, when I spoke to them, is that they've always been amazed at the Stealthwatch product and, and what it delivers to their customers. Yes, security is the primary use case, but you know, if you see uh, uh, network devices or, or, or um, I don't know performance issues on the network, you know, the first first obviously first answer is usually it's the network problem. It's not yeah. the application. Well, guess what? Stealthwatch collecting all of that data can give you things yeah. like round trip response times. So there you go. The network guy immediately has a response to that usual yeah. question of "must be the network's fault." Okay. And, and I'll, give, I'll give you another um, acronym yeah. that describes that. You know, because because you're right. Every single time there is an application performance issue, it's always the network's Absolutely, fault, yeah. and it's always incumbent upon the network engineer or the network proof. manager to prove that it's wrong. Yeah. So so having this this performance statistics, you know, mm. round uh, uh, round trip times and uh, and all the rest of it um, gives you much shorter mean time to innocence. <laughs> Ah, we know, so got, we know, we mean know that it's not the network's problem. Mean, mean, <laughs> mean time to, to innocence. It's not the network's fault, honest. I like that. I like oh, okay, that. cool. Um, so there's, so you mean, uh, from a proof of concept perspective, you mean if, if a customer's interested in this, they can contact either their Cisco, their, their Cisco account manager or yep. their SE, or they can contact the podcast as well, and we'll put you in touch with the right people. Um, like I said, by either via Twitter at Justin Woolen or via email at justin.woolen at cisco.com, two O's and one L. Um, so, you mean references, customers, what kind of customers are using this sort of stuff? There are customers in, in pretty much every single vertical market that we can, uh, that we can think of. Um, certainly, um, it, it's, it's, not, it's not as if it's been widely deployed in every single market vertical, yeah. because clearly there are, there are market verticals that are far more interested in security and security outcomes th- mm. th- than others. But some where there's been particular success... Financial services, obviously. Yeah. 
um, higher education. Um, See, that's what I find that's really interesting, because when I speak to universities, they're always very like, oh, we're open, we've got to give access to everybody, we've got to give access to the internet, we can't block anybody. Which is kind of the point, right? Which is the point that we made right at the beginning of the podcast, which is they, 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 their academic freedoms of being able to give these open networks comes with the downside that they kind of now need to know what's really going on on there. So there is... That's sort of one of the things that, that yeah. being able to do the monitoring buys you is yeah. that you can be more free and open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because you, you, you at least you're keeping a record of it. You mean you're never going to monitor what your kids are saying on the phone, but yeah, you, you still want to know how long this man yeah. on the phone. Generally, too long. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 with that with that openness and, and and permissiveness, also then comes the need sometimes to provide some attribution mm-hmm. if if someone has been yeah. seriously yeah. misbehaving yeah. on the network. You know, be it a student who is. Uh, downloading torrents endlessly in yeah. their in their student room, you know what will happen then is that the authorities will come after the university and yeah. say you know there has been malicious activity, yeah, there has yeah, been yeah. piracy originating from your network. Yeah. The university then have got to be able to prove exactly who it was. Yeah, or be culpable themselves, maybe. Or, they, or yeah. they are yeah. indeed culpable themselves. So you mean I know, I know that on the on the you mean if, if somebody's interested who's listening to the podcast can go onto the Lanco website. You can see there's customer reference there. You mean there's one there, University Leads. Um, I mean, there are other universities that do use it, uh, and I think that the one is the sort of the, in the defence sector has been highly, highly um, uh, have high adoption of this technology as well, and, and both in over in the US and, and over over in Europe as well. So it seems it does cover many many different different aspects, and I think with having that capability in the network and the power of NetFlow. Um, is something that we've never really had before and it is now for not a huge cost we're not talking about like refreshing a whole brand new network I mean if you've already got a network that's got this, that, that capability of 3k like 3850 3650 6500s or the cat 6k range with IP base and above you're gonna you, why not why wouldn't you turn it on and and, and even if you're looking at um, uh, you mean you, like you said about piloting you can even download the, the virtual machine off of the Lancet website and get it up and running as well for, for I think it's like a it's okay. 90 days, I believe. 90 yeah, days or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So th- there's really no real uh, objection no or barrier, or barrier to, to, to getting this up and running and just seeing it. Because it's one of those things you can go, I can gather information without huge cost of the business, maybe a bit of time and effort. Yeah. But then the information that you get will be huge to build that business case. Go, right. look, look what we're seeing that we'll yeah. never be able to see before. Yeah. This is why. And it helps to help IT businesses, IT the IT departments build those business cases and be business relevant and say, look, we are adding value to the business yeah. and be able to get those budgets and to be able to uh, to develop the services that they deliver. Mm-hmm. Completely agree with that. Yeah? Absolutely. Wonderful. No argument from me. No, <laughs> that's nice for once. Um, so, you mean, thanks very much, Mark. Thanks very much, Olive, for, for joining the podcast for the first time. And hopefully we'll, you. we'll uh, have you on again. So... Um, Thanks for listening. If you want to contact the podcast, as I said, we can do it via Twitter at Justin Woolen or email at justin.woolen at cisco.com. So thanks very much and see you on the next podcast.